Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. If you got your Bibles, I've got several passages that I'm going to read out of today. Numbers 32, Joshua 1, Nehemiah, Matthew. So I'm going to be in several places today. I'm going to just preach on the awaken the cage or Canaan, the cage or Canaan. So I want to start unspiritual, then we're going to go spiritual, okay? So there was a movie called Madaga, (laughs) Madaga, (laughs) I, I wrote it down. Madagascar, that's it. I wrote it down phonetically and blew it. There's a lot of pressure up here. Can I just say that? Madagascar, 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 Madagascar. So, all right. So it has a little, you know, it has a little uh, um, theme to it that I, that I, I think is uh, interesting. It's a story about, it's an animated story about animals in the Central Park Zoo, okay? Anybody see that? It's Madagascar. For those of you that can't pronounce it, okay? So they're in the Central Park Zoo, and one of the main characters is Alex. He's a lion, okay? He was captured in the wild years ago, taken to the zoo, and he's been there over 10 years. The king of the jungle has been in this zoo for 10 years, but he's really adapted to zoo life. Now he's got people that help him, you know, uh, fix his hair, you know. uh, uh, He likes the, the diet that comes, the food. He's really, the king of the jungle has really turned into a celebrity. People come and they take his pictures and... They're excited about meeting him, and they post, you know, pictures and show the pictures of, of Alex, the, the lion. And then at the end of the day, you know, they have this big kind of rally that, that Alex is in. He, you know, they come to see him, hundreds of people. And really, the king of the jungle, man, has enjoyed this life in the zoo, you know, and, and now he's kind of you know, enjoying the life of the celebrity. Now, in the movie, several of the animals are going, no, we don't like this. We want to get back to, you know, back to the the jungle. The lion, unusual animal, a unique creation of, uh, unique creation of the jungle. I got another image there for you. The lion, unafraid, proud, fearless, unafraid to roam. Wherever he finds himself, he's in charge, and everyone's afraid of him. He has a sense of smell, unbelievable, about a mile. Uh, uh, He can smell about a mile. His top speed is about 45 miles an hour. His eyesight is six times sharper than that of the human, even kind of mirrors night vision as well. 
He can hear up to like a mile away, a half mile away. I mean, he truly is the king of the jungle, okay? Now, this image that you see, I took this picture, okay? We were on our, go back to the other one. There, there you go. We, I, we were on our safari, and we pulled up, and the, the guide said, don't be afraid. He won't hurt you, okay? So there I am, probably five feet away, and I'm going to tell you, I was afraid, okay? I took the picture, but at the same time, I said the sinner's prayer just in case he was having a bad day. And when he put that thing in drive and we started to move on, I just praise God. I just want to tell you that. I, I was sweating. So, Another image is a lion in a cage. They've, they've done studies on the king of the jungle who's lived long-term behind the cage. After a period of time, something happens to the king of the jungle and they get used to the comfort, the stability, and the predictability of living in the zoo. The senses that make them the king of the jungle over a period of time are dulled. The instincts are, are, are clouded. Uh, their, their speed, they're not as fast anymore because they're, they're not using, you know, using these gifts anymore, using these things, you know, these uh, attributes. But one thing that they, they, when they looked at lions who have been in the cage for a long period of time, they, they noticed that they have a psychological dysfunction. Something is not right in their mind, in their heart. They begin to develop a form of osteoporosis. Something happens to their bones. Even though they're fed on a regular basis, it's not the same diet as they would have in the jungle. So there's this, there's this uh, deterioration of their, of their bones that occur, occur over a period of time. And also, they, they uh, battle chronic stress. And you would think... When you live in that kind of environment, when you're protected, no one's going to get you, food is brought to you, you know, uh, you, know like you, you have no stress. Everything is taken care of except for the fact that the lion is not built to live that way. The lion is not made to, to just sit, so there's this dysfunction and there's this stress that comes for lions that live for a long time in in captivity. Numbers 32 tells the story of Joshua, Hebrews, and the promised land of Canaan. You know, you know the story. They've been they've been in you know slavery for 400 years. Okay? And and they, God sends Moses to them to deliver them, but he just is not breaking them out of Egypt. He's got a place for them to go. It was called the Promised Land, okay? So after 400 long years of slavery, the Hebrews are delivered from Pharaoh, and they start their journey to the Promised Land. God told them, I've got a land for you. I've got a place for you to go. There's something, you know, there's something. I've got a, a destiny for you. So 
you know, the story, they divide up into the tribes of Jacob and six million of them, they leave and they, they, they go to the desert. You know, they start this journey to the promised land. Now, you know the story. It was the plagues. It was the Red Sea. It was Sinai and the glory of God. It was the miracles throughout the journey. It was the water from the rock. It was the fire by night. It was the cloud by day. It was manna. It was quail. It was the Sabbaths. It was the celebration. But also, it was the heat. It was the desert, sand everywhere. You know what I mean when you go to the beach? What if you live there? Okay. Sand, you know, uh, camping. Everybody love camping? How would you like to camp for 40 years? All right. The livestock, just all that goes with that. They had battles and wars along the way, rebellions and backsliding that actually cost them 40 years in the desert. Okay. But in the midst of all of this journey, in the back of their minds was the promised land. This promised land, he just didn't deliver them, but he had a place for them to go. And this promised land was, was so impactful to them in their minds that regardless of you know, all of the, the, the uh, difficulties of the time, they had this promised land that they wanted to go to. Now, the promised land was 7,500 square miles. Eventually, there would be no war. It was a permanent place to live with abundant land and fertile soil for farming and a place of worship. This sounded great, especially when you're in captivity, when you're in Egypt, when you're in Egypt and you hear this, you know, transposed against the, the life that you are presently living. Excuse me, I have a little knee problem there. <laughs> Almost fell down. Um, so, as they are getting ready to enter uh, the promised land, several of the tribes of the Hebrews, they have a question for Moses. So, they, they're almost through this journey. They, 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 let's just say it's 39 years. And they are just about ready to cross and there are some of the tribes that they have a question for Moses, and I want to read this to you, Numbers 32. The Reubenites and the Gadites, who had very large herds and flocks, saw the lands of Jazir and Gilead were suitable for livestock. So they came to Moses and Eleazar the priest and to the leaders of the community and said, The land the Lord subdued before the people of Israel are suitable for livestock, and your servants have livestock. If we have found favor in your eyes, they said, let this land be given to your servants as our possessions. Do not make us cross the Jordan. Okay? So they're getting up to the land of promise here, but there are Two and a half tribes that go, look, this is fertile land here. We've got lots of livestock, lots of cattle. We want to stay here. Don't make us cross the Jordan. So they ask Moses, and Moses is not happy about this. This suggestion was almost offensive to him because this was not God's plan for everyone. Okay, so... 
man, he, he's, not, he's not very happy. God's original plan for the Israelites was that they live in proximity to each other so that they could worship together. They would take the Ark of the Covenant in the temple, put it right in the middle. Man, you're having church all the time. And they could protect each other from invading armies and be insulated from the evil influence of the of the pagan nations so there was a plan and purpose from God why everyone needed to be in the land of promise but they told Moses look if you'll let us stay if you ever need us you ever need soldiers you ever need money you just call us we just want to stay over here now they were not bad people they were not godless people they were not pagan people at all, probably just a little tired from the 40-year journey, so they chose the easiest path with the least reward. Canaan, on the other hand, was also going to be a land of celebration, but it was going to be a land of conquest as well. So Moses reluctantly agrees and two and a half of the 12 tribes stay to the east of Jordan, and they never go to the promised land, all right? Now, the other tribes, and let's look at Joshua 1. Look at this. Here's what he says. Moses, my servant, is gone. Then you and all of these people get ready to cross into the Jordan River, the land I'm about to give them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand uh, against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. So God's going, hey, I'm with, I'm with Joshua. Listen, those that are with you, you go. Go, go and possess that land. So we've got this unusual kind of image here where Joshua and the other tribes, you know, they send out spies. They're looking at the land. Remember the story? They're spying the land. Man, there's huge grapes. It's a land that flows with milk and honey. So they're spying out the land over here, but on the east side... Hey, tonight's barbecue night. Hey, we got plenty of cattle. You know, we're going we're gonna to grill out over here. Then, then you see in Joshua, you know, the next part is they come and they're going to cross the, the Jordan River. And when they get to the Jordan, because that's really the boundary where the promised land starts, so they get to the Jordan River and it's flooded. What are they going to do? So Joshua says, Take the priest and the Ark of the Covenant and have them march straight into the water. And let me tell you, when, when that Ark of the Covenant hit the water, the water just began to divide. They crossed over on dry ground. They saw God's hand working in their life. Okay, A miracle. They're all rejoicing. Over here on the east, the tribe of Reuben is going, Hey, tonight's cornhole night. Bring your boards over here. We got a tournament going on. You look further in Joshua. 
he comes up on Jericho. Remember the story? Remember the story? They start circling around day by day. God had given them Jericho. And then on the, you know, on the last day, they're going to circle it several, seven times. They're going to shout. And when they did, the walls of Jericho, man, they just fell down. They saw this miracle over on the east side. The tribe of Gad was sponsoring line dancing. Come on, electric slide, Cupid shuffle, come on over. All right. Keep reading in Joshua. Joshua, they come up and they're, they're fighting the inhabitants of Gilead. If you remember the story, the battle was running long, so the sun, God took the sun and he planted it in the sky. And it didn't move. And they saw this miracle. The sun stood still. And he, and he gave them this, this miracle. Over on the east side of the Jordan, they're very irritated because they wanted to go to sleep. And for some reason, it's too bright outside. All right? So you've got this contrast of things that are happening in people's lives. They were safe. But they were missing out on what God had for them. Now let me just let me make a point here. There are things in our life that cause us growth initially, okay? And then we get a little used to it, and what used to cause us growth now becomes kind of routine. So let's just say when you get out of college and you get a job, okay, now it's 40 hours. 40 hours a week, all right? So man, it's you're stretching and growing and you've got this job for the very first very first time, you know, Kelsey, my daughter, you know, she's working for a dentist office. The other night she said, Dad, I want to go to sleep as soon as I walk in the door. When does this change? And I go, well, it really doesn't, you know. But, you, but after a while, all of the adrenaline, you kind of stretch, you grow, and before long, you know, that kind of becomes routine. Then you get married you got a new relationship, you got your 40 hours, you got your, you got your home, stretch, grow, change, morph. And then after a while, it becomes a little routine. You adjust what used to cause growth. Now you get adjusted to it. It's not that big a deal. And then you have your first child, okay? And then all the change and the growth, man, now, now I'm married, I've got, I've got this job, I've got this new baby, and man, all of this stretching, all of this growing, all of this changing. But after a while, you kind of get used to it, and life becomes a little routine because what used to make you stretch and grow and change just doesn't, it just doesn't anymore. And then you have the second child, the first child is God's blessing to you. The second child is there to develop your character, okay? So you morph and you grow and you change and you, you get used to the new schedule. Then all of a sudden you kind of you get used to it, okay? What used to need adrenaline now is just kind of, it's kind of easy to you. Can I just say, some of that works the same in the kingdom of God, you, you give your heart to the Lord, you start going to church, you meet people, and man, all of this new things that you're learning about church and worship and the stretching and growing, you're meeting new people, and, and man, you're loving God, and then all of a sudden, what used to cause growth is now kind of 
kind of routine for your life. And then you join a ministry and, man, you're stretching and growing and you're, 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 you're adjusting to this and, and learning, learning the new ministry there. And, man, it's exciting and it's filled with adrenaline. And then after a period of time, you know, after a period of time, you just kind of get adjusted to it and it becomes routine. You join a small group. You teach a small group. You're meeting new people. You're leading. Man, you're excited. There's growth. Man, you're living on the edge. Then all of a sudden, you know, what used to, you know, cause growth and for you to be on the spiritual edge now just becomes a little routine. Now listen to me. Because if you're not careful, over the period of time, you're your spiritual life can just grow a little stale. It can become just a little routine. If you're honest, it can just become a little boring to you. So I want to say this morning, because God did not create us to live behind the cage. God did not save us and create us to live on the east of Jordan. Okay, he didn't create us. He didn't, he didn't make us that way. So let's, let's look at Canaan, the challenges of Canaan. All right, so those that went, Canaan, the promised land, we are created for adventure, faith, courage, and exploration. Okay, when we are saved, it says every man when they are saved, there is a measure of faith in their heart. If you look at the fruit of the Spirit, there's a fruit that's called faith that's in our heart. If you look at the gifts of the Spirit, there is a gift that's called faith. We are not created for routine. We are not created to be stale. We are people of faith, living by faith, walking in faith. We're not, li- we're not made for the cage. We're not made for the east side. All right, But we learn things in Canaan. Listen. It's in our greatest challenge that unseen gifts are called out of our soul. It's in our greatest challenge that unseen gifts are called out of our soul. So Nehemiah, he's working on the staff of the king, all right? He's working in the kitchen, all right? Now, don't you know that was exciting when you first start out? Man, you work, you get to see the king, Man, you are, man, you're in the kitchen. You're on the inside, all right? You know the scoop. You know who's dating who. You know what's going on in the kitchen. You, with all the formal things, man, you get to bring the king his food. You were waiting on his hand, hand and foot. Man, that's got to be an exciting life for a period of time. Now, how many of you know that washing dishes over a period of time gets very old, okay? I don't know that personally. I've just heard that rumor, all right? So here he is. He's working at the king, working for the king. What used to bring excitement, what used to bring growth, what used to bring joy to his life now just becomes, you know, it's just whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, one day he's sitting there. He's doing He's still in his job, still doing the the kitchen stuff, and he hears that Jerusalem has been overtaken and the walls of Jerusalem have been knocked down. Nehemiah 1.4 said, When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. Some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God 
before the God of heaven. He hears this man and it just, he's just broken in his heart. He doesn't leave what he's doing. He's still involved with the kitchen, but man, man, this is, he's just broken. This is shattering to him. Nehemiah 2 2. So the king, so the king asked me, why does your face look so sad? Why are you, why are you not ill? This can't be anything but sadness of the heart. So man, he's really, he's really down over this change in the countenance. And then all of a sudden, God puts in this man's heart for him to leave the kitchen and go lead the construction in Jerusalem. Listen to me. There are times in your greatest challenge that unseen gifts that you never knew They'll be summoned. They'll be called. So here's a man who leaves the kitchen and he goes and leads a construction project. So I just want to say to Paul Bryant and Morris Davis and Nick and Marty, all these construction guys, doesn't take a whole lot to replace you, all right? You know, I just say to you, lay down your spatula, pick up a hammer. You can do it. You can do it. So he... Listen, he starts, he starts doing this. He starts working. He goes into unsure territory. He doesn't know construction. He's not sure about materials. He's not sure about the finance. Now he's got to deal with the unions. But I want to tell you something. There are gifts that will surface in your heart. I mean, when you live a life of faith, when you live in Canaan, those unseen gifts will never be discovered in the cage or on the east side of the river, all right? <clears throat> You'll never notice those. You'll never notice. It's in the challenge. It's in living, it's in living in Canaan. It's getting out of the cage. You don't know what God has placed in your heart. You don't know what gifts are deep down until you begin to live the life of faith. You never know what will, you never know what will surface. Don't lose your sense of adventure. Or be averse to change. Don't lose your sense of adventure or be averse to change. Because we, we, we value stability and predictability. Okay? And when you do, your life can get a little stale. So when I was pastoring in Kentucky, I had, you know, she was probably one of the best workers I ever had. She was over the nursery. All right? And she was awesome. She was one of these ladies she would come in on Saturday, clean, stock. She did the calendar. She did all the troubleshooting. If there was a problem, she handled it. She was unbelievable, okay? She did it for years. I never had to pay any attention to anything in the nursery. She comes to me one day, and she says, hey, I'm done. I'm just burned out in the nursery. And I went, hey, you know, God can heal. God can restore God can give new newness. She said, no, I'm, I'm done. I said, I get it. Let's just take six months, and let's just ask God what his will is. And, you know, she said, hey, I'll help you in the transition, but I'm really, I'm really done. I'm like, okay, okay. So you know what? She did a healthy thing. She took a few months off. You know, I'm helping out with the nursery as much as I can. <clears throat> I've got 911 in social services now on my contact list, and, uh, but we figured a pathway forward. And she came back a couple, 
a couple of months later, and she said, hey, I think I want to do Missionette Girls. Now, I'm going, this is like Tom Brady going, hey, I want to be the punter. That's what I want to do. You know, but you know what? Because there are times in your life that you're presented with something that brings challenge, and you stretch and grow, and then all of a sudden it doesn't bring that challenge, doesn't bring that excitement anymore. So she said, that's what I want to do. And I said, you know what? It's better to have Tom Brady on your team somewhere than not at all. Which class do you want? I mean, she dove into those little missionette girls, and she was unbelievable because she had caught a new spark in her heart. She just didn't double down on predictability, you know, and, and uh, hey, you know, like I'm, some people, you know, aren't people of change. She didn't double down there, but she found something new and fresh because she wanted to, you know, wanted to experiment. So I say try something new. Stretch and grow. That's what Canaan, living in Canaan, can do for you. It can, man, it, it just, you know, there's, there's new adventures every day. I decided at the end of last year I wanted to do a little something different. I needed to use some new muscles. I needed to, new, to develop and change, you know, and just have a, new, have a new challenge for my life. So I signed up as a mentor for a local nonprofit. Now, I know you're praying for my mentee when you hear me say that, okay? So I signed up as a mentor and because I, I want to I do a little something different. You know, I do a lot of meetings. I meet with leaders. I do that kind of thing. I, I wanted to, you know, have, have a new skill set. I met, you know, with the, the young man. We had, a great, we had a great conversation. And at the end, I said, is there anything that I can help you with? And he said, yes, can you help me with my geometry? Okay? Now listen, listen. There is not a subject that I am worse at in the world than geometry. In my geometry class, I made six Ds, okay? They weren't even high Ds. They were pray to get over the hump Ds, okay? So I was like, man, I am, what am I doing? What am I doing, okay? But I, I, I helped him with some, get some, find some other tutoring. But I'm just saying, yeah, whatever, you know, whatever. You know, so I, I am a mentor. I got a call from another organization in our city that said, would you serve on our board of directors? It wasn't really what I was looking for, you know, but it was something different. And I just said, if I can make some kind of contribution, you know, to you, then, then, if you feel like I have a contribution, then I'll do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm helping them. I also signed up this year. You know, we had Dr. Rutland that was here last October, and he has a year-long cohort for pastors and leaders. And I signed up for that. I signed up for that cohort. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just saying to you, man, there are times that you need to do some things different, change some things up. Try some new skills, you know, use some different muscles in your life. Go back to college, change your major, get a new certification, change jobs, try a new ministry, go on a missions trip, get in a small group, lead a small group, teach something, sharpen your skills, give back, invest in others, disciple other people, teach others. Hebrews 5 says, you know what? 
You ought to be teaching people, but you're still getting milk. There comes a point in your spiritual development that you've heard 1,000 sermons and they are rotting on the inside of your heart and God wants to take that base knowledge that you have and use it for His glory, okay? So do something, do something different. Change some things up. Try something different, okay? So that's Canaan. Canaan, you know, faith, living by faith. And then there's the cage, unfulfilled destiny and call and a potential for spiritual problems. When you live on the east side, when you live in the cage, it comes with a price. So there's this young guy, and he's been raised perfectly. He's a little Jewish boy, okay, raised in Hebrew school, knew the commandments, you know, he's, you know, the Sabbath, all of that, and he's, he's the poster child for just like a, you know, like a, like a, a Hebrew, a Hebrew teenager, perfect in every way, family, knows all the Jewish customs, knows all the Jewish rules, you know, and, and after a while, all of this that he, that he had learned, you know, you, you kind of adjust to it. All of the learning, the school, all of that. And then all of a sudden, your life can get a, a little stale. It can get a little routine. So this young guy, the poster child for Hebrew life, he comes up to Jesus and he says, Hey, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Okay? And Jesus says, Hey, you need to keep the commandments. And I love his answer because he said, which commandments? You're like, hey, is there five you really need me to focus on? Because there's a bunch of commandments out there. So Jesus said, no, no, all. But, he, but he, Jesus said, but here's something else I want you to do. He said, I want you to be perfect. Now go sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and then come and follow me. Come and follow me. And the moment of decision is there, you know, because I said the cage, unfulfilled, the, uh, unfulfilled destiny and call. So here's a chance to leave the cage. Here's the chance to, to leave the east side and go to the west side of the Jordan. This young man, this young man, I mean, you know, kind of routine, bored, stale. Here's his opportunity. But here's what he says this is when the young man heard this. He went away sad because he had great wealth. All right? So the young man chose to play it safe, and he missed what God had in store for him. He doubled down on predictability, stability, and security that came from the wealth and the lifestyle that had been given to him. And this strange, unpaid internship with Jesus, man, it just did not resonate. It was not a balance in his, in his heart for, for what he wanted. But here's the thing. We never know his name. We never know what he did in his life, what happened to him. He had this opportunity, this wonderful opportunity to be a follower and a disciple of Jesus, but he chose predictability and stability and comfort in what he knew. Wow. We never know his, we never know his name. We never know his name. 
also, there's the potential for spiritual problems as well. So when you live behind a cage, when you live on the east side, there's this unfulfilled call and destiny that, you, that, we, that you'll have because you play it safe. And then there's spiritual jeopardy as well. I want to go back to those, those two and a half tribes. Man, they, lived, they, didn't, they didn't have to have all the, the conquest and the bloodshed and all that was going on in Canaan. They never had to do that. You know, but here's what happened to them. They lived safe, but in about 10 years, the king of Assyria came and he took all of them into captivity. All right? Marched them back and they lived in exile in bondage. Okay? They're released from bondage, they live for a season outside of bondage, but on the east side. But they weren't living where they were supposed to be living. And now they're marched. Now they're marched out. Two and a half tribes east of the Jordan were vulnerable to attack. And they found themselves losing the war with the king of Assyria. Okay? Wow. They chose the comfortable life. But also, listen to me, because there was a spiritual danger living in isolation as well. They chose to live over there, and there was a problem. If you live your life in the cage, don't live your life in regret. You're the one that let this season pass you by. Okay? So, if you choose safety and security, then don't be upset, you know, when that season moves on. That young ruler that had the opportunity to follow Jesus... You know, don't live in bitterness when you see those disciples walk by and you see the miracles that he's doing. Don't, don't live in regret when you hear what's happening in the, in the upper room and how God is blessing the church. Don't live in regret because you miss that opportunity. You let that opportunity go by. Don't look with envy. At, and enjoy at the... Don't look with envy at the accomplishments of others when you are the one that said, I'll pass on this opportunity. Don't live a life of jealousy and cynicism because you passed on God opportunities. Okay? All right? Don't, don't be angry. Don't be jealous. Don't be bitter. Okay? Because you've allowed that season to, to pass. I'm going to go back to a reference in closing. I made at the very beginning. It was the long-term study of lions in the cage. <clears throat> their instincts are dull. Their senses are clouded. There's psychological dysfunction. There's stress because they're not created that way. They're not, they're not created. They're, they're the king of the jungle. They need, they need, to, be, they need to be free. They need to be, you know, they need to, to be out roaming, doing what it what it does but when you live when you live in safety and security your whole life there can be a problem because I want to tell you you're not created that way we're people of faith we live on the edge we we put our foot on the water when we don't know what's going to happen we leave behind a security of the boat because we're people of faith so I'm just saying to you I, I don't come with a rebuke this morning I come with a challenge today that those you may look in your life and just go, hey, 
man, I've been playing it safe. I've been, I've been playing it safe, and now you feel a little stuck. You feel a little bored. You feel a little routineness in your life. You've got dead dreams and decayed visions and dry bones. I want you, I want to call you out of that. God's got another season for you this morning. If you'll leave that behind, come out of that cage. Come out of the cage. Leave the east side. Come out of the cage. Where, where, where do you start? What is it that God has spoken to you that you have not yet done? Let's go back to a point of reference. What, what has God spoken to you? Let's go back. What has God spoken to you that you haven't done yet? Go back there. Go back there. Start back with what God spoke to you, what God what God called you to. And I want to tell you, that's where you'll see and re-engage with that call in those unseen gifts. Start back there. What has God spoken to you that you have not yet moved on? Or what makes you weep? What makes you cry? Let's go back to Nehemiah. He's living in the kitchen. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. But all of a sudden, there's something new that comes in his heart that makes him weep. See, God can take a season that you're in, but he can change your heart and he can give you new sensitivity and new call to certain areas. So I'm just saying, come out of the cage. What makes you weep? What do you cry about? What's a burden on your heart? You know, what's in your heart to do for God? What's in your heart? Brent worship team, you guys can, you guys can come. What's in your heart? Don't live in the cage. Don't live the life of safety. God didn't create us that way. I want to say to you this morning, hey, get your fire back. Get your fire back in your heart. Some of it, it's been a long time since there's been a spiritual blaze in your heart. Get your fire back. Start believing again. Start dreaming again. Start pursuing what God has put in your heart. Don't choose safety. Don't choose atrophy, which is what happens when people get saved and they just sit. Atrophy occurs. Apathy develops. Can I remind you, when there is no risk, there is no reward. Some of you are still in the boat when there has been a call for you to step on the water and you have lived off the victorious testimonies of other people long enough. You've got your own testimony and your own experience ahead of you. If you'll leave that boat, if you'll leave the boat, would you stand with me this morning? So this is your year, okay? This is your year. This is the year of great faith. This is the year of getting out of the cage and dusting off those decayed dreams and that dead vision. This is the year to reconnect with those gifts and those callings that God placed in your heart. This is the year to follow the passions of your heart and see what emerges. This is a year that you reject comfort and predictability and you choose to live a life of faith. He did not 
fill us with the Holy Spirit in the upper room for selfies and likes and follows. He filled us with the Spirit so that we will possess the land. We always pray for safety. How about we pray that we'll be dangerous? Some of you can't even say that. You sweat when you hear that prayer. All right? How about that we'll live on the edge? All right? All right? God's speaking to some. Let me just tell you, I've had this message in my heart for about six months. I just feel like it's a word for some people this morning. It's a word for some people this morning. He's calling you out calling you. There's things that he wants to do through you and in you, but you got to leave. you got to take a step. you got to take an uncomfortable step. Okay? Alright? We're going to sing in just a moment. We're going to sing. But right now, if that's you, I want you to come stand up front. I want you to come. If that's you. God's calling you. God's speaking to you. Would you come? Would you come? Hey, this is my year. This is my year. This is my year. This is my year. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out. I'm going to believe God. I'm not going to live safe. I'm going to, I'm going to live by faith. I'm going to do something unconventional. I'm going to stretch. I'm going to grow. God's got a new season for me, but I will never find it unless I leave that old season behind. Come on, step out. Step out. This is, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the cage life, the comfort and the predictability and the stability of that. I'm, I'm leaving that behind. I'm going to live by faith. I'm leaving, living on the east side. I'm done with that. I'm tired of hearing the exploits of others. God's got a plan. God's got a word. God's got a word for me. Are there others today? This is, God's calling you. Some of you know you've been stagnant. Some of you know you've been routine. Some of you know, some of you know there's been more in your life. There are others, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Oh, God. Come on, God's speaking this morning, I'm just telling you. God's speaking, he's going to call some new things out of you this morning. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, just telling you. Thank you, Lord. All right, so let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. So we're just going to pray, Lord, this is the new year for some of these. This is a new season, Lord. Those that are here at the front, maybe they didn't come down, but they're hearing my prayer, watching online. So, Lord, this is the year of faith. Lord, so we're stepping out today. We're stepping out. Lord, some to the known. Some things, Lord, they're reconnecting to things they've spoken in the past or, or a new sensitivity, something that makes them weep. Some of them are stepping to the known but some are not stepping to the known. Some are just stepping on a water. So, Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray that we would live lives of faith. Lord, we're going to leave behind security. We're going to leave behind safety. And, Lord, we are going to follow you, whatever that word may be, whatever that situation may be. We are following you. We are people of faith. Lord, with the gift of faith, you've called us, Lord, so what is that? Whatever has kept me behind from God's call and plan, I'm leaving that behind. I'm leaving that behind. If it's been stability, predictability, and comfort, Lord, 
I will leave that behind to follow you. If I've been hurt and it's caused me to be tentative, to walk into new seasons, I leave that behind. Lord, if there's just a sense of uncertainty, what do I do? Where do I go? Lord, I'm just going to follow you. I'm going to take that step for you. So, Lord, I pray. I pray. I pray that they're going to start dreaming again. They're going to start believing again. Lord, those gifts and those calls, they're going to bubble up. They're going to surface in their heart. And it's not just going to be a word. It's going to be a word that comes with some faith. God, you're going to, you're going to drop faith in our heart. So, Lord, we're dreaming again. We are pursuing God, what you put in our heart. Lord, we sat in the boat long enough. Lord, we're putting our toe on the water and saying, God, whatever you want out of my life, whatever the call is, Lord, I'm not going to just choose security with my life. Lord, I pray. I pray. I pray. I pray today. I pray. Come on, just take a moment. I want you to declare that. This is my year. I want you to to say some of those, declare some of those things that I prayed. This is my year of faith. This is my year of walking in God's calling. This is my year leaving behind safety and security. God, whatever you say, I'm going. I'm going. Come on, I want you to pray that. I want you to call that out. I want you to call that out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, take another moment. Let the Holy Spirit work in your heart today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We feel that call. We feel that faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.